this Sunday here at NUMA is our Commitment Sunday. And uh, we are in the midst of this stewardship focus that we've named what, guys? We've named FIRST. Can you say with me FIRST? All right. FIRST, all right, is a stewardship focus that we're going to be running through 2020. And uh, as your pastor, you know, it's something that God had been putting in my heart because if there's a desire that I have in my heart is that we would learn to put God first in every area of our lives. And I really believe that all the issues and problems that we're dealing with in our families will quickly fade away if God is first in our lives. Now, I'm not promising you that you won't have problems. I'm not promising you that you won't go through situations. What I'm saying is that a lot of times we have man-made situations in our home because we've dropped God in our list from first to maybe second, third, fourth, and so on. So I'm going to ask you that you would bow your head with me this morning and let's take a moment and pray. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to our hearts this morning as uh, as I share some words with you. So Father, we gather in front of you this morning and just uh, thank you for the privilege that it is to come on Sunday morning to worship you, to sing to you, to glorify you with our lives, Lord, with everything that we are. And now, Father God, as I come up here to share your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, that it would be your words coming out of my mouth into each heart in this place, into each person in this place. Meet them where they're at. Speak to them, Lord. Edify them, Lord God. And that as we finish the service this morning and we commit to you as a spiritual home, Father, that we would be telling you that you are first in our lives in everything that we do. In Jesus' mighty name. And as people say, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus if you're grateful for him? Man, God is so good to us and sometimes we take some stuff for granted, even walking, you know. It took me like about five minutes to climb five steps back here. I thought it was those three steps from the Rocky movie, you know. Like, man, how long is it going to take me to... Simple things, guys, that God blesses us with, like walking and talking and moving and having two hands and two feet. Those are blessings that God gives us. But uh, like I said, sometimes we take those things for granted. But anyways, guys, today I want to let you know that as a church, we're going to come before God and we're going to make a, a financial sacrifice before him. Now, on Friday, we were meeting here with the Dream Teamers, and I was speaking to them a little bit about sacrifices. Because reality is that since the beginning of our civilization, you see, different people and different culture groups, people groups all over have made sacrifices. And the reason that they've made these sacrifices sometimes is to appease the anger of the gods that they worship. Other times is to ask for a blessing upon them and, and their families. Other times it's just to have the presence of those gods with them. And I have some pictures. Uh, we have those pictures uh, up and ready back there. We have them, you know, of different civilizations where they found areas where they've done sacrifices. And for example, this is an excavation area in China. And they found that there were bones here and this is a place where they would do animal and, and, and human sacrifices. Uh, 5,000, 6,000 years ago, uh, we continue. This area here, this is very interesting because this is a city of Ur. They, they found this in Iraq. Now, if you know your Bible, 
The Bible says that God called Abraham out of where? Out of Ur of the Chaldees. You see, in Ur, they used to practice these sacrifices, human sacrifices, and that's where God called Abraham to come out of. And God shows up to Abraham and says, listen, uh, I, I'm the one true God, and I'm going to show you how it is that you worship me, but it's not the way that you've been taught to worship. So they found these excavations in, in Ur. Another one that we have here, uh, this is called Mound 72, and this is just outside of the city of St. Louis here in the United States. But they found that this was a, a place where Indian tribes used to do sacrifices to to, to the sun and to the moon and to, and to nature and, and they found bones and remains, uh, in this mound right here, you know, here in the United States. Then we have, uh, look at this. Amazing, huh? And the Incan civilization, just to look at that, you know, up in the mountains in, in Peru is crazy, but they were practiced sacrifices. And then we continue, uh, we have here, the Mayan Empire, and they also, this is a, a monument that they have here of how they used to sacrifice even children uh, to their gods, you know. And if we could continue, Aztec civilization, you look at that picture and how they got a guy up there, you know, and, and they're sacrificing him to, to the gods that they would worship, all right. And then we move to ancient Egypt, all right. And in Egypt, they used to worship the sun, and they used to call it the god Ra. And they used to worship Pharaoh as if Pharaoh also was, was a god. And, and they would do sacrifices, you know, to Pharaoh and to all these different gods that they had. And that's a picture of, uh, of that, a hydroglyphic of that. We continue. Okay, that one we could hold it off towards uh, the end of the message. Now... This morning, I'm here in front of you guys, and even though I'm sitting down and I wish that I could be walking around and moving and being more dynamic in a service like this, but uh, this is going to have to be sufficient for today. You and I are here, and we know the God that we worship. You and I have somehow, some way, have been either taught or brought up in the church or somebody spoke to us and told us that, there's a real God, a living God, a God that created the heavens and the earth. And a God that loves you and I so much that the Bible says that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him will not die but have eternal life. You see, that's the God that we were just singing to a moment ago. That's the God that we just gave our tithes and offerings to. That's the God that we are all grateful for because in some way, some shape or form, our lives have been touched by that God. And, and you might call Him different things. You might pray to Him this morning and just call Him God. Or maybe in your prayer, you're a little bit closer and, and you call Him Lord. My Lord, thank you. Lord this, Lord that. Or maybe even at a closer pace and you might call him Father when you pray to him. You, you thank him the same way that Jesus taught us to pray and, and call him Father. Call him Abba, Daddy God. That's the way that I teach my children when we're praying. You know, and sometimes at night they're like, thank you, God. And I stop the prayer and I'm like, thank you, Daddy God. And they're like, thank you, Daddy God. I'm like, okay, that's the way that we're going to pray. We're going to call him Daddy God because he's our Father. So this morning we gather in this place and there's no doubt in our hearts, who He is, 
who He is for you, who He is for me. And, and even though we don't have a doubt of who He is, there's moments that we have doubts in our hearts. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't struggle with, with doubt. That doesn't mean that sometimes we don't know, Lord, are you there even in the midst of this situation that I'm going through? God, are, are, are you present? And there's moments that voices speak to us. Now, if you're a visiting, you're like, whoa, that, that church, they're talking about voices speaking to us. It's like kind of weird, you know. We have sometimes these voices inside. Actually, you're sitting there and you're listening to me speak, but there's voices that could be talking to you right now as you hear me talk. Maybe it's your voices saying, man, I got here without breakfast, and when is this guy going to be done? You know? <laughs> like, How long is this service? How long is this guy going to talk for? How much money is he going to ask for today in Commitment Sunday? You know, these are all voices that speak real loud to each of us. And one of those voices that speaks to us is the voice of a false god. Because there's a lot of false gods, especially in the society that, that we live in today. And, and, and one of those gods, the Bible actually gave him a name, okay? And it's a funny name, you know? You, you hear this name, it's like, oh, that's weird. But there's this God that the Bible calls Mammon, all right? The God Mammon. And if you go with me to your Bible to Luke chapter 16, Luke 16, and I'm going to read to you uh, from verse 9 through 15 from the New King James Version. I had to go to an older version to actually find the name Mammon in it because the newer versions have removed that name and put like riches or wealth. But the original word that appears there in the Bible is, is this name. And we're going to talk about it a little bit this morning. And Jesus is talking here. All right. Who's talking? Who's talking? It's very important then. It's Jesus talking. And he says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Now that's weird. That when you fail, they may receive you into an eternal home or everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also in much. Therefore, I have not, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we could just leave it there. You could continue on in your own later on to verse 14 and 15. But Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. So who is this mammon guy? Who is this God? Well, mammon appears four times in the Bible. Once in Matthew chapter 6. And the other three times it appears right here in Luke 16. So who is mammon? All right, and if you're taking notes, and I always encourage you guys to take notes when I'm here preaching. I see some of you guys writing, and I get excited because I, I, I'm a nerd for the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I, man, I love it, you know, when I'm being taught, and I hear something that I don't know, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to write that down. I, I'm going to study that. You know, it's, it's exciting, you know. So who is Mammon? Mammon, okay, is an Aramaic word, which means riches. 
but it comes from the name of a Syrian god of riches. So there's where the name Mammon comes from, the Syrian god of riches. Now, Mammon is prideful. It's an arrogant spirit that says, listen to this, guys, that you don't need God. You see, Mammon, okay, it's the spirit, okay, that wants to tell you that he could provide for you financial security. That, that he, he'll take care of you. You see, mammon will promise you the same things that God will. And, and I'm just going to go over a list of some stuff here that, that I looked at and, and, and it was so interesting. Mammon promised you security. He offers you financial stability. He offers you identity. He offers you significance. You see, if, if, if you drive that car, if you have that house, if, if you live in this neighborhood over here, if, 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 if you work in that building over there, you know, and you have your office there, you see, mammon will speak to these things. It'll offer you independence. It'll, 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 he'll offer you power and, and freedom. And, and I was speaking to the leaders on Friday, you know, he offers you power. You know that usually what we want, guys, in this world is power. We want power over the situation, over the circumstance that, that we're living. That's why we pray. We ask God because we know that God is a higher power. But if you're sick, if you have an injury, you want power over this. Uh, you see, I, I have Bank of America as my bank, and I haven't been too happy with Bank of America these days. Uh, I've been dealing with them, and I even had to go and visit their office this week, and they put a hold on a check And I'm like, man, listen, I, I've been your customer for 24 years since it was called Barnett Bank. I don't know how many of you guys might remember Barnett Bank, you know. Why did you join Barnett Bank? Because it was at the airport and that's where I work. So I just go upstairs and there was a Barnett Bank there. So I opened my first account there, you know. And I stayed with them ever since, you know, because I would do my direct deposits and all that there. But uh, Bank of America, if you have Bank of America and you have the app, anybody here has Bank of America? Okay, you open the app. Don't, know, don't do it now while I'm preaching, all right? But you open the app and you're going to see that it says these words, what would you like to have the power to do? They just put that there about a month and a half ago. I didn't used to say that. But you open your app and it pops up. What would you like to have the power to do? I'm like, boy, this is an enticing phrase right here. What would I like to have the power to do? What would you like to have the power to do? If I, you know, my wife and I were watching with the kids last night, Aladdin, you know, with Will Smith, the new one. Some of you guys are like, oh man, why you bring that up? You know, and, and Will Smith, you know, he's the, the Aladdin, the genie. I'll grant you three wishes, whatever you want. What would you like to have the power to do? You see, mammon will offer you that. Mammon says, listen to this, that you don't need God, that he'll, he'll give you what God will give you. You see, he tells you if you have more money, people will listen to you. How many of you guys maybe have, have heard that? I, I've been in meetings with leaders and, and church leaders. And, and they've said, if the church had more money, the government will listen to us. Well, I don't know about that. Mammon will tell you if you had more money, you would solve your problems. Mammon will tell you that if you had more money, you will be happier. How many uh, drank that Kool-Aid before? 
You know, you have more money, all the problems are going to go away and you're going to be happier. Actually, some of the people with the most wealth are some of the most miserable and unhappy people. If you had more money, your marriage would be better. <laughs> I sound like Steve Backlin. <laughs> you know, how would your marriage be better if you had more money? Well, I could take my wife here, take her there. My wife and I have gone to dates in Wendy's. And we've had a great time in Wendy's. Because it's not the meal. It's the person and the conversation. And the time that we get to spend together. Mammon will tell you that if you had more money, you could do what you want, go where you want, and live where you want. You see, all of us have heard these voices before. And if you haven't, just as they grow up, they'll hear them. And then the biggest lie of them all, the, the, this is one that sometimes is in the church. If you had more money, okay, you could help more people. That's a big one. You know, Lord, just bless me with money and, and, and I'll give more, you know. And, and I want to tell you something. This is something I want you to write this down, please. Jesus never told anybody that the solution to their problems with money. Please write that down. Jesus no, never told anyone that the solution to their situation, the solution to their problem, the answer to their problem was to have more money. You see, Jesus actually said that you can serve God and mammon at the same time. You see, that's a crazy verse that we read. Because if you would ask me if I would be the Bible writer, I would put, you can't serve God and Satan at the same time. You can't serve God and the devil at the same time. But in this scripture, Jesus didn't say that. He actually said you can't serve God and mammon at the same time. That's crazy. You, you should dig deep into that. You can't be grateful to God and to mammon at the same time. You see, I'm going to clear up a couple of things in your mind this morning because mammon is a spirit in this world. You see, and it's not money. I want to clear that up. It's not money. Okay? It's a spirit that will rest on money that has not been submitted to God. Okay, I'm going to clear that up. Mammon will be a spirit that will rest on money that is not submitted to God. All money has a spirit on it. <laughs> All money has a spirit on it. It is either God's spirit or a mammon spirit. Now the question is, Pastor, so how do I submit my money to God's spirit? How do I take it away from the spirit of mammon? Here we go. When you tithe. I'm going to tell the ushers to close all the doors now, all right? Pastor's going to talk about tithing, all right? Allying, <laughs> there you go, stand. We'll put a police on each door, all right? It's like it's going to get a hot in here, all right? When you tithe to God, okay, the Spirit of God will rest upon your money, all right? The money, okay, that God gives you, I just said that right. The money that God gives you is not your money. It's his money. And the money that God gives you, he, he, he sets certain things in place that he wanted to see. And one of the things that he wanted to see is that you would take 10% of the money that he would give you and that you would give that to him first. 
to show him, okay, that he's number one in your heart. Because the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And a lot of preachers get that backwards. A lot of preachers say, wherever your heart is, your treasure is. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be. So what we need to do is find out where's your treasure at. What do you treasure? Because whatever you treasure, your heart's going to be there. And since God knew that money had such an important place in our life, God said, the first ten is built and belongs to me. And boy, do we struggle with that. There's people that have struggled a whole lifetime with that. You see, and then the 90 that stays in your hand is blessed by God. The 90 that stays in your hand is blessed by God. I remember when I worked at the airport, I thought I was making a killing because back then minimum wage was 475. This is back in 1995. You know what 475 is? Minimum wage. And I started working and going in, I was making seven fifty. So I was three dollars above minimum wage. I was like, oh man, this is the best job ever, man. And I remember when my first check came in. I couldn't wait to get that first check in my hands so that I could give my 10% to God. I never had a struggle with that. I never had an issue. You see, because I came from having nothing. So you know what? Having 90 blessed was better than having nothing. Never struggled. I was like, God asked for 10, and he declares that he's going to bless the rest. Here you go, Lord. And I wrote my check, my first check, tithe, 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks. And what God does is that he takes that 10%, guys, and he uses it for his work here on earth. That 10%, when you give it to church, because God has assigned it where to give it to. It's not to the guy on TV. Hey, this is important, guys. Okay, it's not, you know, to Joel Osteen. He's an amazing preacher. I love him. Okay, I have no issues with Joel. All right? If you congregate in his church, your tithes need to go to him. But if you congregate in Numa Church, you don't send your tithe to Joel Osteen. Your tithes have to be in the storehouse, in the place where you get fed spiritually. All right? Now, this is very important. With the 10% that you guys give... In this place, I'm going to share with you a couple of things that have been done, which have been amazing. Things that have been able to do here at Numa Church in 2019 because of those faithful givers, those faithful tithers that are here. And I think that you might have some stats back there that we have them from Friday, but I'm going to share this thing with you guys, okay? And these stats are reported numbers, okay? What I'm going to share with you, all right, are actual numbers of people that have filled out like their welcome card or, you know, the card when they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you came as a visit and you never filled out that card, you're not in these numbers. So these numbers, what I'm saying is they could be higher. All right, they could be higher. But reported this year, people that have walked into our welcome lounge and have filled out their card either here or over there in the welcome lounge, we've had reported 246 visits here at NOMA. Out of 246 visits, we've had 156 people make decisions for Christ in this place in 2019. And I think that deserves a hand. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Because... I was talking to Pastor Kirk, and he might be watching me today. But he tells me that he visits churches that in a whole year, they'll have one or two or three salvations at most. We've had 156 reported salvations in this place in 2019. 
34 people have been baptized this year here at Numa Church. We've had an average of 220 people attend our small groups, our transformation group during the week. And we've had this year up to 170 people serving in our dream team on specific Sundays. Can we put our hands together for Jesus for that? Because that is amazing. Now, like my wife said a moment ago, first Saturdays of the month, we go out into the community. We go out to serve. Okay. And, and this year, we have visited Harmony Health Center Seven times, because yesterday we went there. So it was six on Friday, seven because of yesterday. And the residents, five times. These are elderly home facilities, okay? And every time that we've gone there, we've done activities with them. But we have never missed the opportunity to share the gospel, even with the people that are working there in the facility, all right? We have done two prayer drive throughs and I've loved those, where many people have received prayer Healings have taken place and commitment to Christ have taken place, even of police officers, okay? Many people have made U-turns to receive prayer when we've been doing those prayer drive-throughs, all right? We have gone to pray for people in parks, passing out water bottles in streets and shopping centers. We've hosted two activities this year here at Numa Church where we've brought 200 kids and their foster families all right, into our building. And we've had an average of 15 of those people give their hearts to Christ. And a lot of them, this is something interesting, have said that they felt loved by Christians for the first time when other times they felt rejected by Christians. That's a big one for me. Approximately, listen to this, guys, between all the days of first Saturday and yesterday's serve day, We've had 131 people made decisions for Christ during our first Saturday outings this year. Can we put our hands together for Jesus for that work that has been done? And over 600 tracts have been passed out in both English and Spanish where it speaks about the love that God has for them and how they could give their life to Christ. Now, this stat is about our youth and our kids on October 31st. In our after-school program, we have an after-school program here. We had an activity for 70 kids that are part of our after-school, and 14 of them gave their life to Jesus on that day. And uh, out of all those kids, okay, all of them received prayer, and 18 kids received prayer to deal with fear that they had in their heart. All right? I wonder why fear comes to torment children. G2G Youth. Do we have anybody from G2G Youth in here this morning? Anybody? You guys are kind of quiet this morning, all right? But so far this year, we've had 52 visits come to our uh, Friday night services. And from July to now, we've had 24 commitments to Jesus on those Friday night services. So those are 24 young people that are giving their hearts to the Lord. Now, financial helps. And this one blew my mind, okay? Financial helps that we've been able to do through NUMA this year, all right? To missionaries, okay, that we support as a church, we've been able to give $9,000 to missionaries this year. In benevolence funds, those are families that are from the church that are struggling financially, that are going through different issues, that might be having a hard time either paying their rent or paying their light or they need groceries or stuff like that. In benevolence funds, we've given $12,800. 
this year. And to outside ministry friends and partners, for example, Hope Partners, which is uh, uh, Kirk's uh, missions ministry, pastors in Cuba, Amistad Cristiana, which is a ministry that we partner with, Voice of Judah in Israel is a church that is there in Israel, winning souls for Christ of the Jewish people, Heartbeat of Miami, and His House Children's Home. We've given $40,100 to these ministries. Can we put our hands together for Jesus for that? Amen. I've always told you, church, you don't give to the church. You give through the church. This is very important for you guys to know. You give through the church, all right? So all this amazing work God has done through the faithfulness of those people that have been givers, those people that have been tithers during 2019 here at NUMA. I have a question for you. How do you think Mammon feels with those stats that I just gave you? What do you think that he feels or thinks about our giving when people are getting saved, when ministries are being blessed, when girls are being rescued from sex trafficking. How do you think he feels about that? Oh, he doesn't want it to happen. So what does he do? He talks to you. He says, oh, don't believe that. You see, God and Mammon are are always speaking to us. Every time that we're going to give sacrificially, he's not going to stay quiet. Have you heard him speak? Have you heard him speak? Probably you heard about him speak to you this week. If you're a a part of the NUMA family and you heard, oh man, Sunday's commitment Sunday. Pastor's going to go up there and ask us to make a commitment. He's been speaking to you since the moment that you heard about that. You know? Or maybe he's been speaking to you as I preached to you this morning. I don't know. But he's going to speak to you for you not to make a financial commitment. He's going to try to make sure that you stay stuck in the hole. And I want to tell you something. When you give and when I give, God gives us, okay, the opportunity to be blessed. Okay, I want to tell you something. If you walk into this room, even if you're a visitor today, and I invite you to join what we're doing, I'm giving you the opportunity to be blessed. I'm not saying for you to buy a blessing. I don't believe in that. But I believe that when you trust God with all your heart and you put him first, especially with your money, God says, okay, this guy's serious about me. This guy's serious. This guy's not playing games. This guy means business. You see, some of you guys during these last few days, you know, maybe Mammon has been putting you in a guilt trip or putting fear in your heart. Because you see, five years ago, we did this, this stewardship campaign called For This Cause. And some people make commitments for this cause. And some people, because of financial situations, were not not able to finish the commitment they made. And Mammon has been telling you, how are you going to make a commitment now to this stewardship focus called first if you didn't even finish that commitment that you made before? And he's made you go through a guilt trip. He's put fear in your heart and saying, hold on, how am I going to pay all the bills and do all this if, if, if I make this commitment? You see, he, he, he'll tell you the, these kind of things. Maybe Mammon has been telling you, church is in trouble. That's why Pastor came up with this whole first stewardship focus. He's, he's trying to raise funds and money because this ship is sinking. Well, I'm here to tell you that this ship is afloat. 
when we were in for this cause, oh boy, we were under the water about this much. Now we're like, you know, we're like by here, but we're doing good. I mean, we've been all the way over here. We're doing great, actually. We're actually at a point where we're negotiating with our, with, with, with different banks to refinance the, the mortgage that we have in this place. And we actually signed some documents a few weeks ago where we would reduce, okay, the, the percentage that we have on this building 2%. You imagine that? So it would actually drop what we pay by $7,000 a month. So we are at a great place. We have not been late in a payment in this place since 2014. We've been on time and everything. God has been faithful. God has been good. He's been so good, guys. And I'm here to tell you something. As we get ready to make a commitment this morning, it could be better. Why can it be better, Pastor? Because... Everything that you just heard me talk about that we've done this year, listen to what I'm going to say, has been with only 20% of you guys that are here giving your tithes. Only 20% of this church gives your tithes. You imagine what would happen if we would break a record and 100% of the people that call Numa Church their home would tithe. You imagine what could happen? If these are the numbers of 20% tithing, oh, there would be no limit. There would be no limit. Most of those things that I gave you of the church that I saw, those 23 items, those 23 points, we would accomplish those things like this. But we need to get behind this. We need to get behind what God is doing. So this morning... As I come to a close in this message, why did you speak to us about tithing, Pastor? Because I can expect for you to make a financial commitment of sacrifice above your tithe if you don't tithe. That's simple. And maybe for you, your first step is starting to tithe. And if you do that, you know what? You're putting God first. If you do that, you're putting God first. You're starting to put Him first. Now, if you are a tither, like myself and other people that are here in this room, then God is calling us to a greater commitment, to a sacrifice. That's what first is all about, putting God first in everything, including our finances. And in this series, we're going to touch everything, literally everything. Now, I want to talk to you guys about sacrifice for a moment, and I'm going to ask the band if you guys could start coming up. Because I started speaking to you guys about sacrifices, and I showed you this whole thing of people that would do sacrifices and stuff like that. I have a bag with myself this morning here. This is a, I don't know if this is considered a duffel bag or not, but this is a small bag. And I, I want to speak to you guys about this bag this morning because... If I'm going to speak to you guys about sacrifices, I'm reminded about the story. And now we could put the picture of that girl that you had back there. The story of this young lady called Karen Watson. You see, Karen Watson knew a little bit about sacrifice. I, I, I went into the dictionary, vocabulary.com, and it says sacrifice is a loss or something that you give up, usually for the sake of a better cause. 
I'm going to say that again. According to vocabulary.com, sacrifice is a loss or something you give up, usually for the sake of a better cause. I'm going to read to you this article about this young lady named Karen Watson and her pictures behind me. When Karen Watson felt God's call to go to Iraq, she responded by resigning her job, selling her house and her car and all her possessions. And when she left, everything that she owned was contained in a duffel bag like this one that I have in front of me today. She put all her belongings into something like this. Everything was sold. Today, her duffel bag has become a reminder of the work she did telling people in Iraq about Jesus Christ. Watson, 38, was one of three, uh, three U.S. relief workers slain on Monday by a drive-by shooting in Mosul. She was helping to set up a mobile water purification plant when she was shot in the back while sitting in the rear seat of a car, authorities said. Watson's family shared her story with the president of the Southern Baptist International Mission Board, Jerry Rankin, at her funeral. Rankin then took Watson's message of sacrifice to a missions conference in New Orleans. And he encouraged students, faculty, and staff at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary to consider missions not out of obligation to fulfill the Great Commission, but because they are compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. And Rankin said, Media and culture, they just don't get it. Why would anyone go to a place that their lives would be at risk? He added, We have also come to a culture and a philosophy where it is all about us. It is all about our comfort. It is all about our security. It is all about our future in this life. They never understand that there's something worth giving your life to. There's a purpose that is worth dying for. But the world does not understand that. Rankin says, no one becomes obedient to the point of giving their life through a sense of obligation, because Jesus told them to go and fulfill the Great Commission. He says, no, you're driven by a passion in your heart for a lost world. In addition to her duffel bag, Watson left a letter with her pastor that was to be opened only upon her death. When the letter was opened, after she and the other workers were murdered in Iraq, Watson made it clear that she had counted the cost of going. And in handwritten capital letters, she wrote, When God calls, there's no regrets, the letter began. To suffer was expected. His glory is my reward. Karen Watson's duffel bag remains a symbol of sacrifice to this day. So today we're going to come and make a sacrifice. And I'm only going to ask you to do what countless others through generations have done for our Lord Jesus Christ. Some have sacrificed with their own life, with their own blood. You see, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it says, For God, for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died.
Today, we will all in this room be called to give a sacrifice to God. How does that work, Pastor? Well, you're going to see it in a moment. You're going to have commitment cards in your hands. This is a week-to-week commitment. It could be month by month. It could be a one-yearly gift that you give for the future of NUMA, plans and desires that God wants to carry out through us. And it will release dollars to do work here in our city, to do work overseas and around the world. I want to finish by reading First Chronicles 28, 1 and 2. I read this scripture some years ago. I read it last week, and I'm going to read it again. David summoned all the officials to Israel, of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the armies and the divisions, and all the generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace official, the mighty man, and all the brave warriors in the kingdom. He called all the leadership together. And David rose to his feet and said, My brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, would rest permanently. And I made preparations for it. David got up. And he said, this is my desire. This is what God has put in my heart. You know what God has put in my heart, heart church? This Here it is. That you guys would put God first in your lives. And as you do that, everything else would fall into place. My desire and what I have in my heart is that I would pastor a church that is not on Sunday worshiping God with all their heart, strength, soul, but Monday through Saturday struggling and having to work three and four jobs to try to make it because you're afraid to give God the place that he deserves. What's in my heart is that this church would make a difference in this city and in this world and that our young people, our children, would have a place that they could call home when we are long gone from this place and that they could stand on our shoulders and do even greater things than the ones that we've done. I've served God in this house since I was 18 years old. I'm 42 now and I'm walking around limping like an old man. But let me tell you something. There's nothing better that I could have done with my life than serve God and put Him first. That's what I want this church to do. That's what God has put in my heart. So as a church, I will never ask you to do something, and that's it. I got to get up. (laughs) I'm never going to ask you to do something that I have never done myself. And my wife and I have been praying. And she came to me in the morning, and she goes, Babe, what has God put in your heart to give? And I'm like, there's something in my heart, but what has God put in your heart to give? And he goes, there's a number in my heart. I'm like, well, let's, come on. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's see. if And and you know, women usually give more than guys. So I'm like, boy, what's she going to come up with? And so I decided to say my number first. And I said, you know what God has put in my heart to give this year? And first, I want to give $10,000. And she tells me, babe, that's a number that I heard in my heart. So we're going to give $10,000. And I stand here this morning not to say, oh, I'm the pastor, I'm going to give. No, at the moment that we said that, I'm like, Lord, you better provide those $10,000 because they're not in my bank account, I'll tell you that. 
But they better come because if you put in that in my heart, then he's going to make it come to pass. And next Sunday is our first fruit Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to come here and give the first portion of what God puts in our hearts of whatever commitment that we make now. Next Sunday, we're going to come here. And we're going to give a first portion. And on Friday, we met with the leadership because I'm never going to ask you guys to do something that the dream team is not willing to do. If you're going to be a leader in this house, this is, I told you a few weeks ago, this is not a comfortable church. So the leaders need to go first. And on Friday, we had our dream team dinner here. We had 130 dream teamers come up on, on Friday night. Not everybody could make it. I know some dream teamers were working. But we had 130 dream teamers. And I want to tell you what happened on Friday. We had commitments from the dream team. Okay, listen to this. For $99,536. Can somebody say amen for that? 130 people committed to $99,000. We're right there to $100,000. To give that above their tithes in 2020. I want to tell all the dream teamers that are here how proud I am of you. There's some people that are sitting in this room that decided to give even more than me and my wife. And I want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. I want to ask you to close your eyes. I'm not going to continue talking. I want to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at. I just feel the presence of God in this place as I'm I'm speaking. And I really believe the Holy Spirit is working in each of your hearts this morning. So, Father, I thank you that you give us this opportunity today, Lord, as a church family, to make a commitment before you, Lord. And this commitment, Lord God, we want to tell you that you are first. And we want to shut the mouth, Lord, of mammon or whatever any other mouth, Lord, would try to speak and say, and promise what only you could give us, God. You are everything that I need. You are my all in all, Lord Jesus. Daddy God, everything that I have and will ever have comes from you. So in reality, Lord, if you ask for everything, it's not mine. I'm just a steward. It belongs to you. And teach that to each of us in this room. Now this morning, before we go into this commitment, with your eyes closed and head bowed, if there's somebody here or watching me online that have never invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, I said at the beginning that this God that we worship and we sacrifice to was actually the one that took the step and sacrificed for us by giving His Son Jesus on a cross to die for you and me, to pay for our sins. And this morning, if you are here in need of a Savior, if you're here this morning in need of forgiveness, oh, there's forgiveness and there's salvation in the name of Jesus. And if you want to invite Jesus into your heart today, I'm going to ask you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. I am sorry, Lord, for sinning against you. But today, Jesus, I recognize that you went to the cross to pay for those sins. 
You died to take my place on the cross, but you resurrected on the third day. And today I can have eternal life. I can have a relationship with my heavenly father through the sacrifice that you paid for me. Father, I declare right now that I am your son. I am your daughter through the sacrifice of Jesus. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now you could open your eyes real quick. And this morning, if you made that prayer for the first time, I want to tell you something that the Bible says that you have been born again. The Bible says that you now are a son or daughter of God and that there's rejoicing in heaven for the decision that you've made in this room or that you've made through that camera. So I'm going to ask you if you could, in a moment, take a connection card that you would have there and just fill out the part that says that you've made a commitment to Christ today. And at the end, go to the welcome lounge. Let me know. I want to put a Bible in your hand. I want to pray with you. And I want to celebrate what God is doing in your life this morning. Amen. Now, I want to invite the children to come in. We have some of our kids here. And I want to ask them to come up here this morning. They're going to join me up on stage. Every time that something important has happened at Numa. We've had our kids and we've had our youth be a part of that. Because at the end of the day, we're committing to Christ. We're committing to his kingdom. And we're committing to future generations. All right. Make sure you stand here so that everybody could see you. You guys could take a step front. There, you guys look lovely. (laughs) All right. So what do we have here, Maria? What's going on? No, we're going to turn this on for you. All right. Hello, my name is Valentina Matute, and we wanted to show you how we see ourselves in the future. And we thank you for investing in us today. We are NUMA. So each of them are dressed as some of the things that they like or would like to do when they grow up. But you see, it starts with us here this morning. It starts with us preparing the way for them to be great in the kingdom of God. They're going to follow our example. So church, as they are up here, Okay, we celebrate the life of our young people. We celebrate the life of our kids. And now is our turn. Now is our turn. Okay, guys, so thank you very much. You guys look awesome. Anything else, Maria? They're good? All right, let's go, guys. We're moving on. Let's put our hands together for them. Do do they have their commitment cards there on their seat? Okay, guys, I want to ask you guys that you would take the commitment cards that you have there in your, in your seats. All right. Now, remember, guys, tithe is first. All right. It's no, no good for you to make a commitment for X amount. If you're not faithful with your tithe, that's first. Okay. God's hand of blessing will never be upon our church if we are not faithful in the tithe. I want to ask the dream teamers that were here on Friday. Dream teamers that were here on Friday and already made their commitments. If they could come up on stage here with my wife and I. All the dream teamers that were here on Friday and they already 
filled out their commitment cards. You guys are going to come up here on stage with me. The commitment cards are on in the bottom of your front. In the front and the little seat, rack in front of you. rack in the front seat. That's where they're at. Okay. And behind me, guys, before you start filling this, let me explain something to you because I want to make sure that you guys can fill it correctly. All right. And at the end, if you do have some questions, I'm going to have people from our ministry team up front and I'm going to have people from the ministry team up in the back and there's a table outside. So if you still have even more questions, okay, you could go outside and you can fill them out there. Okay. So listen how this card works. Very easy. Okay. It says name, phone, email, and address. All right. And then it says, I pledge to give and you're going to put the amount Okay, right there in that middle. Okay, and then it says if you're going to give weekly, if you're going to give monthly, or if you're going to give it annually. All right, so you mark. Okay, and if it's annually, it's going to be the same amount. Now, if it's monthly, the amount is going to vary because you got to divide the total amount by the amount of months. Now, remember, next week we're going to do the first fruits. All right, so if I committed $10,000, let's say, and next week for the first fruits, I'm going to bring in $500, all right? Remember that I'm not going to include that in what my monthly budget is going to be because I'm going to bring that in next week, all right? So three ways to give. You could give through check, cash, or through the, or through the envelope, okay? You could give online, or you could give through text giving. And in text giving, you could just put the amount, and you're going to put first. Now, today you're not giving any amounts, Today, you're just filling out that commitment card. That's all that you're doing today, all right? You're going to fill out the commitment card. And then in the bottom of your card, what you're going to do is that you're going to fill out. It's a little tear-off. You're going to fill that out, but that's your copy, all right? I want you to make sure that you stay with a copy, all right, of what you've committed to, all right? So in the bottom, you put exactly what you have on the top. And like I said, if you have some questions and filling these commitment cards out, any of these people up here in the front, they could help you with that. Everybody that is up here with me or up in the front, okay, these are those beautiful dream teamers that I've told you that they've already made this commitment. And I want to thank you and I want to honor you guys, each of you, because through you guys, okay, is that this difference is being made. So thank you for putting God first and trusting him in this. Can we put our hands together for you guys that are here? All right. Now, as my wife comes and, and we're going to pray, we also had some people come and ask me, Pastor, if I don't have, okay, this money, but for example, I want to give a ring or I want to give a chain or I, I want to give this or I want to give that. You could come to any of the leaders that are here. Okay, that is called the gift in kind. That's what that's called, all right? You could come to any of the leaders here, or you could come and see me now in the welcome lounge or to the table out there, and we could help you figuring that out as well, all right? Anything else? Okay, so once you have that card filled, okay, we're going to stand to our feet. Worship team, you guys are going to help us out and worship as we go this morning. Once you have those cards filled out, you're going to come up here to the front and you're going to put them in these baskets that we have here. Okay, so let's just uh, take a moment and I'm going to pray. And once I pray, then the, the worship team could come up and you guys could come up to the front. So, Father, I want to thank you 
for each person, Lord, this morning that is here or that is watching online, Lord, that are going to be a part of what is going on through NUMA, Lord, in 2020, of putting you first, of having one clear focus on being good stewards of what belongs to you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking into the hearts of each person that is here this morning. And as they start coming up in a moment, Lord, to deposit these commitment cards in these baskets, Lord, I ask your blessing upon them. I ask that you would go with them, Lord, and that this would be a year of mighty breakthrough, Father God, in each of their lives. Show yourself, Daddy God, to be mighty and to be powerful in each of them, Lord God. And thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in NUMA and everything that you're going to continue doing in NUMA, even through our generations, Lord God. And all these things we pray in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. And as people say, amen, amen, and amen.